0: right so this is episode 47 then um uh, as usual we have got pete fletcher on how are you doing pete
1: doing well man doing well <laughs> happy thanksgiving <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh you love your sound clips, mate. i mean to be fair um so is it thanksgiving then sorry i am completely uh unaware of of, of of such things. So are you gonna be absolutely stuffing your face then? And you've just been round Europe stuffing your face.
1: Listen, I make it a habit of stuffing my face. Let's not let's not <laughs> let's not kid anybody.
0: <laughs> so do I, mate. So do I. <laughs> Uh, usually McDonald's, you know, I'm sure not the exquisite thing. I mean, this guy, honestly, this guy sends me, like, pictures on Twitter, like, uh, private messages, and it's like, this really posh brunch and shit, and I'm just <laughs> looking at it thinking, like, oh, this guy really does not know me. Do you know what I mean? He's just like, oh, yeah, look at this. I'm like, there's a fucking Big Mac, mate. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, no, I know it's. I know you guys don't do Thanksgiving over there, but yeah, we're having uh, we're having our big feast this Thursday, which is today. You know, in terms nice. of podcast world, and it, it reminded me of this uh, clip that I've that's been on YouTube forever. It's hilarious, and I think it. Uh, I think it's relevant to anyone, whether you like Thanksgiving or not. But I'll set it up real quick. There's this. Uh, I would say dysfunctional family having a Thanksgiving dinner and uh, you could tell that they don't get along and uh, <laughs> it just erupts with this one kid losing his mind. And uh, yeah, I think the rest is self-explanatory, but take a listen. I'm grateful for the food. I think it looks good. Walmart does a bang up job. I love it. It looks so good. And I'm grateful for video games. There we go. being honest. And um, I'm grateful for uh, Halo came out recently and... I look up to the Master Chief. I, he's kind of my hero. Um, I love him. Not that anyone would understand. And I'm grateful for Mom for buying me a new Xbox One after my dick of a dad destroyed it. So you don't Ooh, appreciate it? Hey, threw her under the bus. You don't appreciate it? Oh, we sorry. I put you in the spot there? that I you look embarrassed. What the hell? You <laughs> if you're not going to act right around Dude. there, be part of the family. You want to make a scene during Thanksgiving. Yeah, really? I do. Because if you don't want to be part of the family, then get out. You're I'm not, not part just... of the family the way you act. Oh boy. I'm not part of the family? No! You don't act right, you're not part of the family. <laughs> oh my god. <clears throat> oh! You throw a turkey at me!
0: Don't <laughs> <laughs> <So slow>. up! <laughs>
1: oh no, my it. lord.
0: What's and you're filming? God! god. I'm so
1: don't you? Yeah, <laughs> <Earth so good. laughs> no! No! It's- I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm <laughs> done. And you, I hope you got your great Thanksgiving video. What a great family this is. You shit. I'm thankful for it. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> he like threw the entire table. His grandparents, his aunt, his uncle, everyone was around this table. The kid destroys the whole thing. It was kind of funny. but
0: <laughs> is that how Happy it goes in your house, baby? Is that how it goes in your house.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah.
0: So, uh, so yeah, with it being Thanksgiving and that, and you're having loads of food on the go, um, have you managed to utilize your absolutely enormous fridge that you had quite a, a funny story about trying to get into your new house?
1: Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, and, and it's quite full. Yeah, it's been a, this this, this, uh, this house renovation in general has been a nightmare. But yes, the <laughs> fridge is full. That was one of full. the
0: funniest stories I've heard, though, that one. <laughs> just try, just imagine it. Just <laughs> Just imagining you try to haul that thing up the fucking
1: side. Uh, Yeah. And so for a, sl- a little bit of context for folks, I hired a, a, a moving company to help me get this enormous, very heavy fridge into my house. And I show up and it's one elderly woman who's there to help me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sorry. I was so have
1: and, and listen There's nothing
0: wrong with that, do you know what I mean? No,
1: no, I respect it. Like look, if that's your if that's your profession, let's do it. Let's get into it. But it clearly didn't work out because I was bearing the brunt of this <laughs>
0: And this guy and this guy still paid.
1: <laughs> and I uh, – forget about it. I had pulled a muscle in my neck for and it was it was pain for like two weeks. <laughs> and I paid her, you know, a decent amount of money so she could basically, yeah. You know, Make me move my own fridge.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this guy's still paid. I absolutely love it, man. What a guy, honestly. Oh my God. Oh, uh, but yeah, on the, like he um he said, "Have you got time for a Zoom call?" I'm like, "Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah." And he get I get on this Zoom call with him, and his face. I'm like, "What the hell?" This guy <laughs> don't look quite too happy here. <laughs> and then he goes on to tell me this fucking story. Oh, there is a, oh, there is, oh, I don't know if we could tell the other one, Pete, on the podcast. The one about the incident with the,
1: um, the contractor and the toilet. No, no, that one's definitely not, not a Thanksgiving story. (laughs) I was not thankful for that. (laughs) Neither was your wife. No, there was nothing to be grateful for that day. (laughs) all right let's 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 not tell we'll move on
0: (laughs) (laughs) but there has been oh god there's been several of your like the escapades that you got into just like oh my god we could
1: have a podcast just on the nightmare of this Renault.
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh man i still it was oh no we can't talk about it can we? we can't talk about it it's too funny Right, anyway, 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 what is the point of this podcast? (laughs) Um, Well, I guess actually one thing that I was wanting to talk about, which I found interesting that happened, I say interesting or, you know, it certainly made me reflect anyway, but uh, someone quite close to me comparatively recently um, came to me and said, look, um, you know, my son is in a position with, uh, you know, a record label and stuff like that and all these kinds of, promises of big things basically and um yeah the, the the sort of main crux of the conversation was he was wanting to ask if I sort of had any advice in terms of because obviously son was quite young as well so and I, I found it a, diff, a slightly difficult position really because mm. um well yeah because I mean I mean, knowing what I know and having gone through what we did at such a young age, you know, when someone genuinely wants that kind of advice, you know, my son's in a situation where he's going to be going into this, you know, record deals and all this stuff, is there there anything that you can say? And I'm like, yeah, tell him not to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Don't let him, just tell him he's not allowed. Just say, no, you're not doing that tough shit. Um, No, do you know know what I mean? And I, I, I just found it. Yeah, obviously I've made no bones about the fact that, um, you know, we all of us found it difficult being so young. So I just found it difficult to know exactly what to say to him, really. Do you know what I mean? Without being perfectly honest and bursting people's bubbles. And do you know what? And there's another thing as well. I'm not applying that to this situation um, as such. But, you know, some people don't want to hear the other side of the coin when when, when they're at the point that they're at. Do you know what I mean? When they're at that point, when it's like, "Oh man, this this stuff could be kicking off and everything," it's it's almost like what I'd call a bastard's trick to bring them to br- to try and bring them back down to earth at all. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you know, all that the people at that point want to hear is, well, I, I sort of perceive, anyways. Oh yeah, well, you know, just tell them this and that, a couple of a couple of light-hearted things. But you know, when you, especially when you're dealing with people who are under. Under 18, do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. That's, that's the point where you're like, right, well, this is a safeguarding thing now. Do you know what I mean? Which is, as uh, you know, um, when I did a little bit in care, when I worked in care for a little bit, obviously it's a huge word. Um, and it is a huge word in general now anyway, but, you know, that's it's not something that I ever thought about. And I'd have been that person as well. I'd have been that person sat there at the young age if someone tries to bring you back down to earth, you know mm. what I mean? You'd be like, oh, fuck off. Yeah, there's no you way. Know, I mean, I <laughs> yeah, I'll say, man, I don't want to hear that crap because, I mean, I suppose all you can really say is just be aware of the, you know, be aware of the pitfalls, do you know what I mean? And good luck, do you, know, do you know, without getting sort of really deep into it. Do you know? So it's, and like you say, they're not going to listen anyway. And you get, you get, I don't know, it's like being drawn into that, you have to let people kind of make their own mistakes, I think. And that must be, not that I am a parent, but that must be a huge quandary for for any parent. I mean, I guess it's a slightly comparable situation when someone comes to you and they're like, look, you've got a lot of experience in this regard. Um, How would you advise me? You know what I mean? And you're like, well, you're not going to necessarily like what I'm going to tell you. Mm -hmm. And more to the point, you're not going to listen anyway. You're going to do whatever you're going to do. You're going to get to the point where I am. And at that point, if someone asks you, yeah. you'll turn around like me and be like, look, you know, you really need to be careful. I mean, you know, if someone's over 18 or whatever, but even, I mean, it's just that, I mean, there's two separate issues here, really. I mean, well, there's lots of separate issues here, but a lot of it is that, you know, like one of my first questions I'd want to ask him, I'd be like, well, how thick's his skin? Do you know what I mean? Literally, sort of, you know, metaphorically, how thick is his skin in terms of his ability to um, get up from knocks? Yeah. I think that would prob- I mean that, you know, I think that would probably be the first most pertinent question really. Um because, you know, at that point if someone turns around and, you know, says, "Oh, well, you know, nothing's ever going to do someone like him, it, you know." It, and you would be like, "Okay, well, I suppose at that point you don't really have, you know, you say, "Well, as long as you prepared for those sorts of things to happen." I don't know. I just
1: like I said, I just found it um I found it interesting what I wanted my response to be. Um, yeah, I bet. That must have been really strange for you. Because it's like, it's so tricky in the sense that you, you know, artists in general, it would be a horrible world if if every artist followed that logical advice of, wow, there are so many pitfalls, there's depression, yeah. there's anxiety, there's lack of sleep, there's stress, there's all these things. So don't do it. And then we wouldn't have all the beautiful music and all the great creative art that we yeah. have. You know, I would hate a world where the music didn't play and I didn't have that music. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, you know, it's the pitfalls that come with that. It's like it comes at a price, and so that must be a real, real hard thing for you as someone who's experienced that to tell somebody on the beginning of that journey.
0: Oh, definitely. And uh, another thing I found really interesting recently, and it just fell into my YouTube recommendations. No idea why. Um, was quite a lengthy series of different videos with artists being interviewed um, and giving a real a real window into what it's actually like. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like big time artists turning around and going, "It's shit. I fuck, I fucking hate this job." I mean, I could even link them in the show notes. These videos because it's it's quite eye opening. Do you know what I mean? Some huge. You know what I mean? Where people are saying, I wish that no one knew the fuck I want. I, I wish that I didn't have to get up on stage every night. I've been mm-hmm. doing this for 35 years, man. I don't want to fucking do it anymore. But yeah. do you know what I mean? It, it destroys your marriages. It destroys your friendships. It destroys you.
1: And, and, that's, and that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was actually, uh, when we talked about this, I, I started doing a little research and I I read a, a interesting article in the Rolling Stone and it was talking about a, a study that was done by the Music Industry Research Association. And they found that 73% of uh, musicians have battled stress, anxiety, or depression compared to 25% of the general adult population, you know? So there's, <laughs> and we all know the, the names, right? There's so many people that have committed suicide and they're on the top of their game. You know, Scott Weiland, Chris Cornell, Chester Bennington, even Kurt Cobain I mean so many people have uh you know how can and and this, it begs the question for me always like Chris Cornell come on you were so successful you were married uh you know you had all this going for you what exactly happened you know <laughs> well, mm. you know and it just it it's obvious that it's not it's not always what it's cracked up to be is it there's always more to the story uh, without doubt yeah absolutely without doubt yeah they even said that the big part of it is like the road you know living life on the road you know you're essentially they call it what is it like a gig mentality or or no it's a gig economy where you have to you know there's going to be loneliness you're going to be surrounded by drugs and alcohol uh, you need to be ready for a strain on any of your relationships you know and you need to be ready for poor sleeping habits uh, you know and poor eating habits which obviously contributes to your health and then and and your well being so yeah all of these things just are just a recipe for depression
0: absolutely it's a it's an absolute breeding ground for it um and you know as you say it's you know what did you say the stat was 23 percent of the sort of general public which you know it's quite a it's quite a rise isn't it it's not just mm. a few percent but yeah I mean it, it's not just touring that is a breeding ground for depression and those things. Um, that's certainly a huge part of it. It's it's a stress and the pressure, and I know the stress and pressure in everyday life. Mm. But I think the I think something that I've mentioned before, and something that's quite important, is just how much you're allowed to get away with. Um, what you know, when you to put it bluntly, when you're in a band, when you, and especially when you're in a band that's got some traction. Uh, and I know we touched on it quite a bit in the Craig episode. Um, yep. But yeah, you know, I think it's such a I think it's it's such a valid point, and one of the the key things, and it comes down to it, it. It comes down to safeguarding. Do you know what I mean? It's another thing where it comes down to safeguarding. Uh, it's it's one of the only occupations where you can get away with it because any other environment, you're going to get pulled up for it. Do you know what I mean? Because let's face it, when you're when you're in a, 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 a normal, let's call it a normal job, um, your behaviour is scrutinised a lot more. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, th- I think anyway, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't know, but it, it, it's like that's not acceptable out of the office. Whereas, you know, it's, it's, I mean, don't get me wrong, there are lines obviously, but for the most part anyway, it's difficult that, if you know, especially if you've got a mental illness and that's the crucial thing here. I think if, you, if you're anyone who's suffering with a mental illness, then it's, um, it's just a recipe for disaster mm-hmm. to be in that situation. And I guess, again, coming back to the conversation I was having with the gentleman in question, that would all be encompassed by how thick is his skin. Yeah. Because for me, in that would be, would be you, know, the, you know, how well is he able to deal with, with stress and things like that. Because it's one thing I really noticed about myself is the fact that ultimately I don't think I was ever really, I've ever really been cut out for, for this yeah. You know what I mean? Like you say, Pete. You talk about learning how to live on the road, and dogging me. Wrong. I did learn how to live on the road. We all did, but it wasn't. A,
1: it was never a, a healthy. It was just coping. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you, being the older, wiser Adam, what would you say to sixteen-year-old Adam? You know, wanting to start this journey. What 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 advice would you give him?
0: Well, I I've I no idea. And I think that's what hamstrung me trying to offer much uh, advice to the, in that conversation that I was having, because I don't think there's anything you can say. And I've, I spoke about it with my mum a lot. And it might be interesting at some point to get her on the podcast and talk about it because, um, you know, she speaks uh, very articulately about things like this herself. And my mum and dad found it very hard. And uh, I'm sure, you know, the other lad's parents did as well, but, you know, they were, they were very much like, well, what were we supposed to do because we we looked at the situation and thought, hmm, do you know what I mean? It, it sounds like, you know, it doesn't sound like the best environment or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, th- there's no way they'd have been able to stop me, do you know what yeah. I mean? And I'd resented them and all that sort of stuff. I mean, it'd have been because we were picked up in inverted commas at such a young age. Obviously, they, were, they had such, they had a, a, well, they had more responsibility, do you know what I mean? Whereas if we were picked up straight at 18, uh, I mean, obviously, we signed the deals at 18 and stuff. But in terms of the management deal and the, the, the ball starting rolling and that, um, you know, they were anxious for a long time about how that kind of lifestyle would affect me. Do you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I, I think I wasn't interested in that at the time. Mm-hmm. And I suppose it comes down to you've got to let people make their own mistake. I mean, it's a it's a it's a it's a gamble, isn't it? Really. It's a, it's, um, well, is it a risk? I think, yeah, I think it's a risk. Mm-hmm. I, think there's, I think it's a risk. I mean, you've just said there's 73 or 75% or whatever people suffer from these things. Of course, it's a risk. Someone says, shall I let my kid get involved in this? Do you know what I mean? You'd be like, well, yes, but it's a risk. But the other side of the coin is, you know, if they... But then it's difficult because you're like, well, they might make it massive and it might work out great for them. But that just puts them in an easy situation where they've got more power to be allowed to escalate with the problems. Do you know what I mean? Because more the more pa- Yeah, you know, it comes down to the sort of thing where you look at it and you think, you know, if you if you if you sort of lose your mind or go mad or whatever, whatever. Do you know what I mean? If you suffer from serious mental illness and you are in a position of no, you know, not very much power or position in society, you are treated a certain way. But I think if you if you have power and you lose your mind, it's it, it you know what I mean? It's it, I don't think the same obstacles are in your way. You know what I mean? I think there's too many enabling people or enabling situations that allow you to... And that's why, Pete, I think we've answered the question here in terms of you look at Chris Cornell and those sorts of people and uh, with all they have and everything, how could they end up in the situations that they did And, you know, short. I mean, it must play a role in the fact that, I don't know, I I guess they've been exploring the darker sides of their personalities for years in terms of how they write and the music they make. And it's always always one thing to have, you know, thousands of kids going crazy at your gigs, singing along. And, like, I don't know if, you know, sometimes... (laughs) I guess it's only after the fact where you're like, oh fucking hell, if you actually listen to words in that song, you're like, everyone catch should be, you know, going, Are you all right, mate? <laughs> yeah. But because but because I think, you know, and even if they do understand, they're connecting with that in such a ferocious way and and giving love back for it, because I suppose it's it's brutal honesty. But again, when you look at the outcome of the, you know, those individuals that we're talking about, it obviously took its toll, didn't it? I mean, it's it's difficult in it because I, I I personally find it, and not not that I'm saying we've just done this, but I personally find it a bit strange to sort of think or to hear anyone sort of say, well, you know, he had everything. Why, why would he want to do that? But it's like, you know, you can have everything in reality. You can have everything in your life, but nothing in your head at the same mm-hmm. time. Do you know what I mean? And when I say that, I mean nothing that makes you feel like you still want to be here.
1: Yeah, I, I, I do know. believe that. No matter what your profession is, there's a, a lot of things in life that we all need. You know, we've obviously, sleep is a huge one. Healthy, you know, good sleep good yeah. you know a, a healthy mind you know healthy eating you know, yeah. you know can attribute to, to healthy habits you know like you eat all your cheeseburgers makes you healthy <laughs> just kidding no but um but also you know community having fa- whether it's family or, or your friends having that community Absolutely. helps people to you know you know have a little bit more you know stability and i think a lot of times in this in in the music industry those things kind of disappear uh, because they're not as easily accessible you know whether it's you know, being able to sleep being able to or even the pressure of being Hmm. in this isolation because of the fact of who you are you know michael jackson was a big example of that you know he was completely isolated because he was ridiculously famous and i don't think that did him any favors you know
0: no it definitely didn't and it's an interesting point really i mean there's a couple of points you made there that are interesting i like to talk about um you know you talk about sleep and lifestyle and stuff uh, and the isolation point as well um is quite interesting um, again, it's something I've talked about in a video somewhere, but, you know, especially if you take, again, my perspective, uh, having an, especially an undi- undiagnosed mental illness when, you know, well, up until I was 27. But, you know, going from uh, what you'd call a normal environment, 16, 17, and then and finding yourself in the environment that we found ourselves in. And obviously not quite a Michael Jackson scale, but, you know, most people generally after school will go to university or, you know, they'll go out and uh, into the world of work. Mm -hmm. And either way, either way there, that is a time when you develop so much socially. Because let's face it, when you're at school, you're at school and you know everyone, unless there's a bloody new kid that turns up. It's only once you go to university or you go out into the world of work that you really start to be faced with other people properly. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. uh, experience other people's personalities and stuff. And, you know, obviously they're generally, they're not they're not that many personality types. And, you know what I'm saying anyway? But I, I think that you do so much growing at that point. And those vital years, you know, we spent together in p- probably, well, definitely a, a dysfunctional bubble. And for the most part, our behavior was enabled. Do you know what I mean? Um, you know, some of the things I've done and, my behavior or whatever and people have just turned around and said well you know we just thought it would cause you were in a band <laughs> do you know what i mean and that's oh i suppose that says it all doesn't it That yeah, says it does it all. sums it up <laughs> it sums it's fucking it sums it up so you were like what so no one spotted the fact that i was actually i did you know i was actually fucking mentally ill because i was in a band and that's how people like that are supposed to act is it <laughs> It's it's a, it's a fucking really dangerous assumption. You know, and that sort Coming back to that conversation again, it's got to all... It's got to be about safeguarding. And, you know, um, Phil's uh, in this sphere as well, isn't it? In the sense that the only safeguarding I think that there really is at the moment is uh, there's starting to be... Uh, In the same way that I said before that when footballers get signed at six, seven, eight, nine years old into academies and then they live until they're 12, 13, 14 thinking, oh yeah, I'm going to be a pro footballer and then they get dropped. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, all being well, they end up being a pro footballer and their life is completely laid out and that's fine. But, the scenario exists where they get dropped and they're left on their own. Do you know what I mean? Uh, although in football now, there are a lot of schemes and initiatives to, um, to combat that because it is huge. You can't take someone for that long and mold them to be something and then just get to a point where you're like, well, we've tried molding as much as we can, but we're cutting you off. I mean, I guess you can because it happens, but yeah, yeah. You, can't dr- you can't then just wave the person out of the door and be like, off you go. Do you know what I mean? Um, because that person then has to rebuild. And that that's what I well, that's what I had to do, that's what we had to do. But obviously I'm talking from my own perspective. Um that as I've said before in YouTube videos, that was The hardest thing that I had to come to terms with, having got into all this so young, so not really having any trade to fall back on or any qualifications to walk into a job or anything like that, and with a mental illness Mm. that would prevent me from taking the steps to achieve those fucking goals, you find yourself in a a really difficult position. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? And I I can identify... So much with people who have taken steps to have a certain life, and then the rugs pulled from under them through, you know, not necessarily any fault of their own. You know, shit happens, and not everyone's cut out to be what they want to be. At the bottom line, yeah, and that's, that's- fair enough. No one, no one, no one's entitled to anything. But there, I, I just think there has to be a little bit more of a safety net. But uh, like you say, Pete, my safety net was the people close to me. Do you know what I mean? And um, yeah, everybody has that. Not everybody has that, and it—you know—it was almost not quite enough for me, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had to, you know, I had to just get on with it, really, and deal with it, and you know that, you know, when I started working with Dave, gardening, and obviously, which everyone knows how much I love it and how much I love spending time with Dave and stuff. But that was that was really difficult for me, <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Or even when I start, even when I dipped my toe into um, care work and being a support worker. Uh, which I haven't talked about really a lot Um, uh, because I were incredibly scarred by it, to be honest. So it's not something I've spoke about a lot. didn't last very long and a lot happened. But, you know, that was was my first attempt to go into what I would perceive as the real world. You know what I mean? Like the real sort of dress smart, you know, like have a little fucking... leather folder with notes and shit in it do you know what I mean like someone who actually looks like a professional that was my first foray into that and it was uh, it was a fucking disaster it really didn't go very well and you know what I mean like when I'd tried to when I'd finally you know when you've done what we've done man I'm not being funny there's no fucker out there who's going to sit there and go well you know you have to pull your socks up and get on with it I mean you might say that if you're a brutal bastard yeah but you know but it should be like fuck man I can see how that's really hard but come on that's that's all right, you can do that. But you know, like it's like, come on, but fucking have a heart. This is all I've ever <laughs> wanted to do when I was fucking doing it and and then it, and then you're in a situation where you're like, right, what do I go and do now? And then you're like, all right, well, I'll go back to fucking careers guidance at school, shall I? Because yeah. it was at that point that I decided I was going to be a fucking musician and write music and that. And so without that, I need to go back and say, sorry, what did you say I should be again? I want to yeah, go listening.
1: back to the uh, high school and ask to see, see if you can speak to the guidance counselor. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And it's only through the, the support of the people around me that have fucking... Got me through, you know. I, I suppose it. What I'm basically saying is, I that was scarring anyway. But then, obviously, working gardening with Dave, that was my sort of second foray. But that, I mean, that just suited me so much better because of my personality and the sort of nature of that job. Do you know what I mean? It's it's in no, you know, it's in no way as officious and red tapey as working in yeah, in any of kind of care environment, obviously. Do you know what I mean? I was... There was, was so much red tape. Oh, you know, obviously, um, there should be. But yeah, gardening, me mate, that's much more free-flowing. But that's where I found my... sense, You know, a new sense of... At least identity and purpose. Because losing the band as well, it, it's losing your identity. And it's coming back from that and feeling part of something. Again, things that I've talked about very often
1: yeah oh. finding a place, finding a place where you can actually contribute uh, and and do good stuff um, is you know it's really important. like a small example, but I know a guy that I work with um, in in the professional world. Um, he has Tourettes uh, and he's an, it, interesting like he's an interesting fellow because like he'll turn around and say some of the most offensive stuff, uh, but he has Tourettes, you know um, mm-hmm. so he can't be front facing. You know, so he's not, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't do the stuff we do like in front of customers. He doesn't do the public speaking, but he's brilliant at what he does do. He just needs to be behind closed doors. Well, I think, yeah, Yeah.
0: I think what you said there as well sums me up in a lot of ways. That's kind of how I feel about myself. And that's why that, like you say, it's good comparisons. It's why that job was perfect for me. Dave just deals with customers and I can just get on with my job. And, you know, if I'm in a, a mood where I know
1: I'm going to be destructive with other people, I don't have to talk to anyone and just go get on with my job. Yeah, um, and still be productive. And that's fine. Yeah, there's different personalities that lend to different jobs. I also found it, it really interesting that this... Uh, the whole music industry um has really embraced this and they're starting to really pay attention to and they've been doing it for a while but i didn't i was surprised at how many organizations uh nonprofit organizations that these a lot of successful musicians pour into like bruce springsteen justin bieber demi lovato mm. all these p and a lot of others but they pour into these different groups you know fun like um sweet relief uh, musicians fund or backline uh, there's another one uh you know there's so many for basically for giving a place for musicians to 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 find counseling. Uh, yeah. to help with even sometimes financial aid and and uh, and just getting health insurance things like that uh, that help um, all these musicians because of the fact that it's it's such a pitfall for these people that come in they see the all the glitz the glamour the fame that looks so appealing but like yourself they don't see all of the potential pitfalls that there are you know and uh, so it's cool to see at least that there are these options out there for people so if anyone's in, in the music industry listening they should definitely uh, research uh, some of these things out there don't just think you can't get help or get therapy or get even phil uh like you said phil is in the counseling arena because i think he sees this need for people to actually you know seek counseling so i think that's pretty cool
0: yeah yeah definitely fueled by our experiences you know i mean and obviously his own but you know i've no doubts a lot from the music side of things sort of fueled by our our experience who better to i suppose to to do that It, it would take it would take a person like that to understand because that's the other thing is if you've not really been in in that in that environment it's very difficult to understand and you know going back to mental health and things and 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 things that steps you can take to alleviate those problems that you know that was a dawning realization for me of how much especially with ADHD and other things that I suffer with but how much nervous energy or just energy in general fuels your behavior and how getting rid of that energy is one of the best things you can do and that's why um, you know, exercise and all that stuff is so important. It's why I started swimming every day, and mm. you know, doing God knows how many pull ups and press ups every day was just to get rid of any um, excess energy that I had that I could channel into, you know, any kind of mental angst and you know, tire tire your body out and stuff. And it just and the, the endorphin release is the main thing, and you know, that's why people become addicted to to working out and things like that because interesting yeah oh totally man the endorphin rush you get from that is amazing
1: very small uh parallel very small but so in my career like we i do a lot of i do traveling for go to go to shows we go to different events and this and that and um there's different it's it's a road mentality if you will but there's so and people treat that differently much like in the music industry like so some people when they're on the road. They drink like crazy. Uh, oh. They they eat horribly while they're out. And their lifestyle is completely different than when they're home. Other people, uh, they just... And, and this is what I try to be like. I just can't get there yet. But other people are so responsible they'll 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 travel yep. to these gigs and i see them in yep. the mornings they're at they're at the gym In the hotel and they're running in a, on a treadmill and then you know and, and they're eating responsibly when when they're you know at these different events and i'm like are you kidding me we're in vegas we should have a steak and have a bourbon <laughs> and they're like you know having a salad and eating healthy still and just keeping that same discipline so it's interesting that you say you, you poured swimming um is that something that you would do like if you had to go back and talk to your you know previous self and say i'm going to do something different to make this easier yeah would you yeah. would you have incorporated some sort of uh, fitness like something yeah. while you were yeah because it seems like that definitely helps
0: oh without doubt absolutely without doubt and that's probably the one thing i'd have said to myself is just go swimming as often as you can and get you know get rid of that um just you know you, you, eventually you learn enough about yourself to learn what your triggers are mm-hmm. um, and then to either guard yourself from them or find things that you know that effectively distract you from the noise in your brain that's all you know that's all anything is when I you know I've got so many hobbies and interests and I've been through so many hobbies and interests and it's all just you know i don't know try to find that thing that gives you joy that gets you through every day really nice I like it everyone will find the coping mechanisms eventually and I beat myself up a lot for not realizing things earlier in life but you know, it just—you realize it takes time, don't you? Ultimately, it takes time to 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 have enough insight into your own self. And and again, when you're in the bubble like we were, you, you don't have enough insight into your own behavior because your own behavior becomes normalized. Yeah, yeah. It's when you go out into the wider society, when you're forced to get a job in a different environment, that um, you know, your behavior is it, it becomes more apparent. It mm-hmm. becomes more apparent when you mix it with with other personalities that haven't. You know, just got used to it or are in a situation where they're just like, well, you know, this machine is sort of rolling, so we're all in it, so we just have to accept each other. I mean, um, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, ultimately, I suppose we could talk about
1: this for our. I know I could. I could talk about this an awful lot. Um, yeah, I heard recently that uh, Taylor Hawkins, I don't know if you know this, but he actually played the drums for Alanis Morissette before he did for the Foo Fighters.
0: Uh, I'd forgotten that, but I did know that. You just reminded me. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, so apparently. <laughs> Uh, and he, 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 I think there's a, a book that he shares in this book, i um, talking about his experience when he was on that, on those tours with Atlantis Morissette. Oh. And apparently it was like straight up debauchery, like insanely, like rock and roll lifestyle of like, just, they had a room for, for women and you know, that from, you know, from fans and groupies and just all kinds of drinking and just heavy, like heavy of that lifestyle. And then goes to the Foo Fighters and it's, completely different like you know dave will have none of it (laughs) like on their show it's like they don't do any of that stuff. They're very focused on their family and they, they focused on having a good time as a group yeah. and as a community. They stay healthy. They do all these really cool things. I just found yeah. that interesting that Dave being an example of someone who, you know, was in Nirvana when things were just insane and crazy. And he
0: found, he found a functional way yeah, to do it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He found that's,
0: a, and that's uh, why, that's why, you know, he, he, he is the guy that he is. And that band is still, uh, still cracking it, man. Do you know what I mean? Uh, regardless what you think about them. Do you know what I mean? They're still, um, because they've been able to, I find think, a like you say, yeah, find a groove and find a way of being able to tour uh, healthier,
1: basically, without uh, it being yeah. so destructive. Well, I like the music better in the old days. Maybe it's better. Maybe some debauchery helps. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, and maybe, yeah, maybe there's a lot of truth to that. Um, <laughs> Well, I suppose it's finding a balance ultimately, isn't it? And I guess it, that's the advice that I would give the guy, um, you know, talking about his son, is I would be like, you've, you've got to find a balance, whatever happens. Yeah. You've got to find a balance, everything in moderation, and yeah, crack on. So yeah... Um, I think that's been a really interesting conversation. And as I said, I could talk a lot about this sort of stuff, and it'd be interesting to, you know, to to have other people want to speak about these sorts of things. But yeah, so that's been episode 47, I think, losing count again. But yeah, um, thank you very much for listening, and thank you to the Prom King as usual. <laughs>